0: Welcome to the Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. Mr. Robinson, Smokey Robinson, uh, it is a distinct pleasure, sir, to be with you this afternoon. How are you?
1: I'm good, James. How are you?
0: I'm great. Now, you are not going to remember this. 20, when you were celebrating 25 years in show business, I interviewed you. At the time, I was the music director of WABC. It was the largest Top 40 station in America. And here we are again all oh, these James, years. You remember
1: that, man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have had a, a blessed and an amazing career. I want to ask you about songwriting first. You are a songwriting legend. Not only have your songs been very successful for you personally, for Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, a slew of Motown artists, and they have been covered by artists of almost every genre of music in the world. Have you left anything on the table. Is there something you haven't done yet that you want to do?
1: James, there are probably a bunch of things that I haven't done. You know, people always say you're at the top of the show. I don't think there's a top to show business. There's always something else you can do uh, to either further or enhance your career, something that you haven't done before. You know, I'd like to be in a great movie. I don't have to be the star of the movie, but just be in a great movie that, that, that you know, that, that has a good script and, a, and and great action and whatever. You know, I'd like to do that. Uh, there are a lot of things I'd like to do, you know. I'd like to go to uh, uh, Brazil (laughs) and get back.
0: (laughs) Wow. Who are some of the songwriting giants that you enjoy?
1: Oh, if you you want me to start talking about that, man, there are so many. I have to start with Chopin and Beethoven and... And Rachmaninoff and people like that, you know, because I listen to classical music all the time, and their music is the oldest music that I perhaps listen to. I hope my music lasts like theirs has done. But James, I listen to everybody, everybody from 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 Nelly to to Lady Gaga. You know what I'm saying? I Mm -hmm. listen to everybody because I'm still in the record business, man. I'm in the process now. I just finished up one uh album or cd or whatever you call it in english and we're still doing one in in spanish and those are coming out pretty soon and i have to know what people are doing to compete with them so i listen to everybody man
0: Mm -hmm. when you were an executive with motown this is something i've looked all over for it people get okay vice president of motown but there's not much ever said about what it was that you did as vice president What were those years? Tell us, give us a little insight. You were not only— which amazes me, by the way. Here you are. You were still touring at that time. You were still recording at that time. And you were also an executive with one of the most influential record labels in the history of the recording arts and sciences. What were you doing for Motown during that stage of your career?
1: You know, James, um, uh, from the very first day of Motown, there was five people there. There was Barry himself, he was starting the company, his then wife, Ray Noma, a lady named Janie Bradford, who turned out to be one of our writers and one of our top people at Motown, and Brian Holland of Holland Dojo Hall of Fame, and me. And he sat us down and he said, we are not just gonna make black music, we're gonna make music for the world. We're gonna make music with some great beats and some great stories, and we're always gonna quality control our music to make sure that it has those ingredients. So that's what we set out to do. Starting on that day, man, which is the first day of Motown, we did everything. The first Motown record ever was a song called Come To Me by a guy named Marv Johnson. And we were just local at the time. We were only in Detroit and Flint and Ann Arbor, Michigan. And Barry and I drove up to a, there's a place called Owasso, Michigan. And it was in the dead of winter, and we drove up there and got the records. We took them to the radio stations. We took them and we, we distributed them out wherever they were going to be distributed. So that's how I started. I started out doing everything. We started. Everybody there was doing everything pertaining to starting a record company. So that's how I started out. In 1963, I just come in off the road. You talked about that. I just come in off the road with the miracles. I was wiped out. And so 6.30 in the morning, Barry calls me. He said, we have a 9 o'clock meeting, and I want you to be there. I said, Barry, I just got home. He said, I don't care. Come to the meeting. <laughs> After, at the end of that meeting with all the executives up there, he announced that I was vice president. Okay? But my job didn't change, really, from what I had been doing all along because I was doing, you know, we were intricately doing all the intimate things that make a record company happen. All I had now was a title. But, he, but then he said, I want you to induct new talent through your office, too. So that's what I did. I inducted new talent through my office. I brought a lot of people over there. I bought Ross and Dreams. I bought uh, you know, Gladys Knight, the Isley Brothers, Chuck Jackson. You know, I brought a lot of people to Motown, man. So, 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 so that was my office function, new talent. And then we moved out to Los Angeles. He changed my thing there. He said, hey, man, he said, I trust you more than anybody, so I'm going to make your office the financial office. Uh-huh. So I had to start signing all the checks. All the checks came into my office with the exception of, for the record sales that went through the sales department. But I was signing checks all day long. So my, my, my office function changed once I moved to Los Angeles. But I was still you know, accru- recruiting new talent if, 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 if I saw someone that I thought was good
0: so you're recruiting you're recruiting talent you're performing as an executive and yet you still have to be creative because that's who and go on the road and that's not an easy task how did you manage to do all of that were you ever at home did you ever have downtime
1: (laughs) you you know james (laughs) yes i was man i was at home in fact uh in fact, uh, well, I, I just think that what, what I do, man, see, I think that God gives everybody gifts, and everybody gets a gift. Some people never discover their gifts. Some people discover or squander them. Some people never pursue them or whatever, you know. But I think God gives everybody gifts. So the gift that he gave me was to write songs and, and, and to sing and, and do what I do, and I'm very, very, very blessed, like you said earlier. I am very blessed, man, because when you have a job, that you look forward to going to, that you love, that you can't wait to get there, that's a blessing. So uh, especially this week, man, we're playing at the Beacon Theater here in in New York City, and I cannot wait. I haven't played Manhattan proper in about 15 or 20 years. I, I don't even remember when the last time I've been playing all around Manhattan, Long Island, Westbury, all those places, but not Manhattan. So I'm looking so forward to this date coming up now and i had retired at one time james uh, when i left the miracles i retired moved out to los angeles started doing my office function, and i was retired for about three and a half years before i started climbing the walls so uh,
0: <laughs>
1: i can't find anything that replaces this for me
0: well talk to me about but when you retired i remember the first record after the renaissance record that the miracles did after you left and bill griffin was a uh, singing lead exactly And Marvin Gaye wrote uh, one of those songs, I Love You Secretly, which I just, it never was a hit, but it was just an incredible production, but it wasn't smoky. But the Miracles still enjoyed success, and you still enjoyed success. Was it a difficult transition being out of the Miracles after you had been with them for so long?
1: When I first came back in, man, after about three and a half years, when I first started to come back into show business and performing as a solo artist, yeah, it was weird. You know, the first two days, I'd be looking over to the side to see if they were there dancing and singing and stuff, you know. (laughs) It was weird, man, but, you know, I, I got used to it.
0: And so, I want to talk to you about your solo career. You can, by the way, you can see the evolution of your own songwriting, at least those of us that are huge fans of yours can. By the way, before I even get to that question, I think one of the things that still blows me away, I listened to your Farewell album with the Miracles, and... The nuances of you as a vocal performer. There are so few vocal performers that can actually not only capture, but enhance what they've done on a recording in a live setting. You have a lot of nuance, the way that you phrase, the way that you bring drama into your vocal performance. It's subtle, but it's there. And it separates you from almost every other singer on the planet, because you (laughs) executed, thank you. It's flawless. You do it so flawlessly. Is this something that you learned as a technique, or does this just come from your inner being?
1: You, You know something, James? I'm gonna tell you something. I have never, ever considered myself to be a great singer. I just feel what I'm doing, man, and if that if that comes across to people as being a great singer, then that you know that that's fine, that's their opinion. But I just feel I feel music, man, and I feel what I'm doing. And every night, you know, I'll just use Ooh Baby Baby for instance. If I don't sing Ooh Baby Baby wherever we go, then people are gonna get mad at You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I've sung Ooh Baby Baby thousands of times, but James every night is new to me because I love my job. I love my work. I'm so happy to be there and to be able to sing Ooh, Baby, Baby to people. I'm so happy doing it, and I love my job, so I guess that's what comes across.
0: You know what also is love? I saw the way that you responded when Luther, in the tribute to you, sang a medley of your songs, and he killed it. He killed it on Ooh, Baby, Baby, and you jumped out of your seat, and the smile on your face was just... It was almost like you, I, I can't even explain it. It was pure happiness. Do you enjoy seeing other performers perform your music like that? I
1: sure do, man. I, I, that, you know, as a songwriter, that's my goal. I want to write songs that people will be singing from now on. I told you earlier, I want to be Beethoven. I want people to be singing my music for the next 500 years, 1,000 years, if possible. You know. So, yeah, I love it when other people do my songs, man, and right, so he's talking about Luther, who was one of the greatest voices in the history of music, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> you know. But I, I, love it, you know. I know when the when the kids first started sampling music, and the the rappers and the and, and the hip hop kids first started sampling music, and people come to me and say, "Hey, man, they sampled your music. Aren't you upset?" No, I'm not. Sample all of mine, please. I want you to sample everyone I've ever written, please. Sample my music, because that says to me that even though there are billions of songs in the world, one of mine meant enough to you for you to include it in your music, even though you are probably a songwriter yourself. And one of my songs meant that much to you that you would either sing it or include it in your music. As a songwriter, I can't beat that. James, that's why I write music. I want people to always sing it and perform it.
0: I'll tell you something else. I don't know you only have a minute left. One of the things that will never be beaten and has never been beaten is to have a radio format named after a song that you wrote. Quiet Storm is a masterpiece. It became such a masterpiece that not only was it a huge success for your solo career, but it inspired an entire radio format. Talk to me, just to tell the audience, me, what that song means to you.
1: Well, you know what, James? Uh, Quiet Storm means a great deal to me, man, because it was my debut Back into show business, really. It was the it was the it was the the album that started me to traveling and performing again and doing all those things. And uh, I know I, I was going to the office every day. And on one day, Barry came and put me out. He, he said, "Man, get out of here because you're miserable." And so he put me out and he said, "I want you to make a record and get out of here." So I did, and Quiet Storm was it. And I've always considered myself to be basically a quiet singer. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to take." Show business by storm. That was my that was my thought, you know. And then I said, Hey, that's a great idea, quiet storm, so that's why I wrote that song. Then a young man named Melvin Lindsay, who was a disc jockey in Washington D C after the record came out, he started his night show to being the Quiet Storm show, and he played it every night, and he played the theme song Quiet Storm and blah, 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 and then it just snowballed, James. It went all over the country. There are so many Quiet Storm stations now, and you're right, it's one of the most flattering things that's ever happened to me as a songwriter, man. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know that that happened like that.
0: I know my time is up with you. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this conversation. I would love to have another one with you if you have time because there's so much more to explore with you. You are a national treasure, Smokey Robinson. I say that because I, beyond everything else, just love your music and love who you are as a human being. And thank you, sir.
1: That's back at you. I love you too, man. And I hope you come to the concert.
0: Thank you. At the Beacon, ladies and gentlemen, Smokey Robinson. Thanks so much, Smokey.
1: Thank you, James. Take care, man.